0: You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Well, hello again, everyone. You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I am your host, Doug Thorpe, and Today we're going to dive into an area that I think most business owners worry about, and that is how to promote your business. How do you get out there? How do you spread the word? Uh, We can get technical, and we can talk about distinctions between marketing and advertising, and networking and promotion. And I don't know if you're like me; it's kind of it all does bleed together. And when you're when you're running your own show. The bottom line is you want to know how to be discoverable so that people at least can raise their hand, give you a call and try to come in. Today, I've got a guest that is an expert in doing a lot of that, both for solopreneurs and thought leader, influencer type guys, but it also applies to those small businesses. His name is Vinny Podestivo. Vinny, welcome to the show, man. Yo, Doug, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you being here with us. So give us a little background of this thing you do. Why don't you put a package on it and describe it if (laughs) if I left anything out or messed
1: it up? No, I really appreciate that. I was was lucky to get my start in television in the late 90s. um, And I was lucky to continue producing and creating content in television for a long time. But to be honest, um, my strategy, my goal, I just wanted to be surrounded by talent. To be. I ended up being a casting director because casting directors were surrounded by talent, uh, and I was obsessed with this idea. Maybe because when I was younger, you know, you, my mom would say, "You know, stop hanging out with those five kids because you're, you know, you're going to get in trouble." You're some total of the five people you hang out with, and I really took that to heart. That was like a real fact for me, and um, and I'm glad to be really honest that I did because because chasing talent. And, and, and being introduced to new media platforms has been like the highlight, not to say the highlight of my career, but like the highlight, that's what I do, is find new ways to celebrate talent, find new ways to tap into talent and to give talent a person, uh, a process, uh, an entity, a brand, perhaps the visibility that they need to get discovered. And, and I became obsessed with helping people get discovered. And the fact that celebrities, are constantly seeking ways to get discovered how do they get rediscovered you know why why they win awards why they do all these big campaigns why they're constantly doing things that are finding new audiences and the power of discoverability and, and I realized that um, you don't need to increase visibility to increase discoverability. And I like that. I like that about 2022, Mm -hmm. where we're at right now. I come from TV. If you want more audience, you do more TV, more visibility, which by the way, as a business owner means, everyone knows your stuff. Everyone knows who you're pitching to. They see the ad, they see the very public facing way to grow. And when I realized that the secret to discoverability wasn't visibility, but more so the action, That comes after visibility, which is sharing. so annoying, by the way, that I'm going to talk about sharing and visibility and discoverability. I couldn't make it any easier. Like celebrities are discovered because they're seen and then people go buy their albums and share it. And maybe they buy the singles and they share it so they can buy, you know, they come up with singles and albums and different price points so that different people can share different, different levels of value. My mom thinks she discovered Michael Buble. Because <laughs> what Michael Buble did right as a brand was associate himself with Christmas, did a big Christmas special where they said, well, what, what, what why would people, why, how, a, how could we get multiple audiences? Around the singular young voice whose music doesn't look the way he looks and doesn't sound the way, you know, it, it, there's this weird dichotomy to him. Yeah. And by introducing his talent around Christmas time, gave my mom the ability one, to discover something right before it was time for the whole family to get together. So I, I want to point out discoverability first and foremost, you know, where we're, we're, we're mindful of our ego, you know, I don't want to get discovered because my ego, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that my ego might be bigger than my talent. First, your ego is propelling your talent. So tr- trust your ego to push your talent, where your talent can get you into places where your character can And I realized that about talent and I was obsessed with that. And, and it was that ability to meet people, Cause I didn't know a single person in television industry when I got, you know, not a single person in my family. I didn't do the internship route. Nothing that I did should have have worked out for me. But the fact that I was in, I, I went to a corner where I knew a casting director was gonna be because there was a casting notice and I went prepared and I went prepared not just to show him who I was, but if he needed more help I was prepared to give him access to a talent pool that I had created. And this idea of, of needing more visibility to get more discovered was irking to me, because it's exhausting, that's not sustainable. You have to do, that's like saying, you have to do more Broadway shows to be seen as an act. Now, there's, there's a certain amount of truth to that because at a, t- at a certain time, media wasn't in the theater. So like, if you wanted to understand what was happening in that theater because of how technology worked, you know, only a couple of hundred people at a time could possibly get there. Uh, But now the power of media is different, right? Now, now, now we're realizing, and theater is really all of these platforms are realizing the power of media. I think that's why dentists and lawyers and doctors have number one top charting podcasts right now. It's not because they they want to be seen as podcasters, but they have this podcasting tool, this ability. This understanding of a framework of conversation to play with that, that we as humans tend to understand that this framework of a way to have a conversation that they can step into and, and, and own it. That's the part that I get most excited about. I do come from a television background where in America, they buy your shows from you, you retain no part of ownership of that show. In other countries internationally that's actually illegal but we don't even i don't even need to get into the, the nuts and bolts of it all but just know you sell your show you get no part and what we now can do as business owners creating content that not only not only can we create the vehicle that our opinions are tied to our likeness is tied to but that we can use that to collaborate with other people exponentially combining audiences to create a community that's, that's not something you can do on television before and that's that's a, just the simple power of a podcast that has the ability to bring two audiences together and my 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 definition of community is literally when when two or more audiences connect so like if beyonce has a tour and you if beyonce has a tour and you go see beyonce we're all in her audience but when she's at Coachella at a big music festival, and there's multiple artists there. That's the moment for community that's where our audience strength is tested and and we as business owners by the way i I learned how to be a business owner from beyonce It's a weird thing to say, but in nineteen ninety eight when she was the one fifth band member, and like the, the you know you have to keep in mind these modern creators, these celebrities that we now know, they were modern creators in the nineties they right. you know. Uh, you had to go through television to get your stuff seen, you know, so MTV was the place where a lot of these young talent would come to, but uh, getting to learn from these, these people who've continued to not just create great stories, but but spaces where communities have more power than the story itself, that's why I have to call myself a creator economist, because the, the, the power of our stories has changed our products. It changes, it's bigger than our brands, by the way, we think we have control over our brands. We have control over our branding we have control over where we put the i and dot the t and with its italic and look we have control over that but when it comes to the perception of our brand we have no control over that
0: right right so i i want to kind of camp out for a minute on this idea of the difference between um visibility and discoverability yeah because i you know, when you said that my mind kind of went Burr. uh no that's you know that's that's way foreign to what again modern marketing and i, I know most of the business owners in the audience are probably sitting there going I've been through a half dozen or dozen social media specialists to try to tell me, and they're talking about constant visibility. You know, we got to buy more impressions. We have to, you know, hit more pools of we got to be on Facebook. We got to be on Instagram. We got to do LinkedIn. We got to go here, there, there. And Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a ping pong tournament. I mean, everything's bouncing around and clicking off the walls and, um, am i hearing you right am i yeah you know yeah so i i think i think that the, the, one
1: with all due respect to social media manager i think that the timing on social media has changed unfortunately so, so, so the value in earned and pay the value for paid reach on instagram and facebook for example the, the i'm seeing less and less a return on that uh, i'm not saying that this is something you absolutely you know must guarantee do but let me let me put it this way visibility the difference between visibility and discoverability is, you know, if a tree falls in the woods, doesn't make a noise, you know, that's the, th- so if you're in, so you would say, well, then if, if I see it and I, if I'm in, the, if I'm in the woods and I see it fall, then obviously I'm the one that hears that it. Fall. Okay. And then what happens? Then you have to go and share that story with everyone so that they understand the truth of what happened and share is that universal piece without sharing what you saw from visibility there would be no discovery of that so so visibility let me say this, visibility a three three-prong approach to visibility publishing so when we publish our podcasts right we're, we're podbean um anchors so, you know we, we understand that we're publishing them out and they're going on directories like apple podcast and google podcast spotify so publishing is one of the ways that we're distributing our content amplification is another way that we're putting our content out. Amplification is the promotion of our content. That happens on social media. So you're not necessarily consuming the podcast in its entirety all you can. And and depending on when 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 this episode aired, who knows what networks what what social networks going to give and take away from us podcasters the way, the way that they've been doing it. But but TikTok, YouTube, um, Twitter, there's been a lot of conversations about the ways that they're, and you can see in some, uh, there's a, some conversations about the way that they're supporting the long form. It's not just about discoverability, but about consumption of podcasting. But most of social media is amplification. And then, and I like to bring up aggregation, you know, aggregation is, is, is where curated content is, is, is collated. So we're, we're, we're culling through content, we're picking the best of the best, grouping them together. And then based on, for example, you might want a blog about podcast marketing, a blog aggregator will give you 10 blogs about podcast marketing. And here's the big win. If you're converting your podcast episodes into blog posts and your blog posts are being aggregated, meaning that people who are looking for your blog posts are able to find it because they're, you're now discoverable on a platform where they're saying, I want to read a blog about podcast marketing. What I'm able to do for you is get you in front of a qualified eyeball who's looking for your content, not looking for your branding, or your guest or all of the other necessary stuff that we spend a lot of time at the top the top of the funnel for in terms of visibility and discoverability and all of that fluff. Not to say I don't want really to discredit it, it's really important, but all that it turns to fluff when the value proposition of someone who's using an aggregator says, I want a, I want a post about marketing and that's when I sit down, I have 10 minutes, that's what I want to read. And one of the ways I'm helping bloggers and podcasters right now and bloggers is through these blog aggregators. So we've got more and more exponentially, more and more media platforms and, um, news sources and ways that people are utilizing and discovering podcasting. So one of the ways that I'm helping people get discovered is by focusing on the content and not the context. I don't care how long the episode is or who's in it or all that other stuff that people need on social networks to build trust, to build like-mindedness, to, to show that it's consistent. Uh, what I'm doing is finding people who are leaned in and searching for value, and I'm giving them exactly what they're asking for, and nothing more than that. And what I allow them to do after consuming this piece of this blog is share it. And that's the best thing. So, so I'm talking about, there are many blog aggregators out there. I happen to like one called Q, uh, if you want a free account and you want to know what it's like to like, like just log in and get 10 blogs that you ask for through AI, quuu.co, so there's three letters, quuu.co will take you to the place where you can start aggregating blogs yourself. But if you're looking to be put into the aggregation system, if you want your blogs to be discovered by those readers who are then sharing it on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and Quora, the uh, VPE.TV slash Q, Q-U-U-U, three U's. Well, that will get you to the back end where you can then tell the system what your blog is about, which allows the reader to discover it and then share it. And and I'm finding that through blog aggregation, I'm able to do a couple of things. One, I'm training podcasters to get a little bit better at SEO. Like the Google Googling podcasting is not so fun. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. Uh, Because the results aren't there, let's put it that way. One of the reasons why I'm, I'm, I'm exponentially asking people to take their podcast and get credit on IMDb. List your credit on IMDb. Get executive producer, host credit. It's intellectual property. Give your team credit. The guests that have appeared on your podcast also get connected. That's a data point that Google, Amazon, IMDb does not have yet. It might be sitting in your stream of podcasts. You might, if I go to your your podcast page, I can then see manually, visually, I can see who your past guests are. But by telling IMDB that this group of people are associated with this one specific IP tells Google something exponential. And that changes your Google search results, your images results, your feed, your ranking. I'm now able to rank based on a tagline associated with my podcast. And to be honest i think the reason why i'm having such luck so to speak with seo SEO seoifying podcasts is i think there's a lot more valuable i think podcasts are a lot more valuable than we think i think google thinks podcasts are a lot more valuable than we think i think amazon thinks that podcasts are a lot more valuable than we think otherwise they wouldn't let us enter in those data points and when you type in my podcast name, which is I have a podcast for very simple words that most of us have said the reason I ch- I called it that because it was so relatable that i I now rank with those keywords strictly because I en- entered my information into imdb it's a big it 's a big data point to give uh mm-hmm. the web you know the web spiders that are the web spiders that are crawling looking for our content and again it 's about it 's about being more discoverable it 's about creating smaller Smaller pieces that are more identifiable, more shareable. Um, For example, uh, we might record this podcast. I could probably take a screenshot. Like, I can probably take a screenshot of this and turn it into a GIF, or maybe some type of fun action. You know, get some type of GIF that moves and upload that to Tenor, which feeds LinkedIn and Twitter, and upload it to Jiffy, which Giphy, which feeds Twitter, Instagram. I mean, Instagram, Facebook, and, and TikTok and let people create using our energy and and mm-hmm. find find a way to make that impact as opposed to strictly being discovered as a podcast should i be wearing a hat
0: do i need to get a
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> no man you, the gla- by the way the glasses are just the glasses are enough so mm-hmm. you got <laughs> in terms of branding that's like exactly where maybe it would be right and by the way here's 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 a funny thing to bring up but like you you're you're your glasses there's a certain framing to your glasses if i typed in doug thorpe into jiffy for example and i saw your token glasses that becomes something that becomes instantly recognizable as you and when other people have glass you know i think of you know bono and think of think of literally like how one accessory can change someone's identity and uh it's because they they give us that power you know, to a relatability and consumption, we're consuming it, we're sharing it. And it's also, it's part of our vernacular. So I think it's, it's, it's all, it, it, uh, it's all part of that system.
0: So, I, I, you know, I, I really appreciate the commentary for those who want to go down the path of creating a podcast, maybe writing a blog and all that. And I want to come back to the blog comment, but um, I, I, I'm thinking about, the the guy that or or lady that has started a business they've got some kind of boutique okay i'll use an example i met a young lady yesterday i think she's going to be a client soon of mine for small business she and a partner have just opened a, a holistic um, juice bar cold press juicing is a big deal and and I'm, I'm a huge fan of what she's doing and we had a long talk about it so but classic entrepreneur story, you know, had to, had to go get brick and mortar. You got to have a storefront to do that. You can't really sell juice over the internet. Not Certainly not the fresh squeezed, cold press. Um, but she's into all that. And, and I talked to her a little bit briefly about what has she done in media to spread the word and get things going. And she's just at the early, early stages of doing something like that. So would the things you're talking about fit for somebody like
1: her yeah absolutely the first thing i would say to her is instead of saying yes to every press opportunity or interview opportunity inbound opportunity that comes into place because soon that's going to start happening soon people are going to realize that she's in a position to to want and need visibility and to be discovered so she'll start getting calls because she has a story, as you say, she has a story to share and she's probably identified it if she's already at the point where we're, oh, she we're, does. we're, we're she freaking She has an amazing up. story to tell about it. The first thing I would actually have her do is carve out two hours a week or maybe a month on her calendar where we're gonna start doing interviews. What I don't recommend is people saying yes to every inbound request. What I do recommend is people looking at those inbound requests and finding ways to make them work for you. It's a collaborative, opportunity no one says just and it's not a birthday invite it's not like this is the only time that the party can happen so first off i, I like pointing out that your time matters because the dogs aren't barking the babies aren't you know the kids don't have to get picked up from school they uh, i have daylight right now so i have natural lighting there are lots of reasons why i like to shoot at specific times of the day that make me the best version of me so first off if I can get some of those requests to fall at a time that works best for me, that builds a much more sustainable point of entry than saying yes to everybody. And the other reason why I like grouping interviews together, even if it's two together, is there's lighting involved. And if there isn't, there should be. <laughs> there's cameras involved. And if there isn't, there should be. <laughs> um, microphone check needs to happen. Uh again, like I said. It, the rest of my life the rest of my work needs to be taken care of because there's going to be things that pop up i know there's going to be you know emergencies that my clients need while i'm sitting in an interview talking about podcasting but i know that i have a system built to be able to be here completely uh mindful of the moment and in the now, moment yeah. yeah now that you got me talking about clients i started my my brain just started drifting for a second there and i was like no no this is my time to be laser sharp. So, for, so that's the first thing I would do is have her build the space to be a guest. I love being a guest on podcasting. I did not realize the power in being a guest on podcasting. Uh, the ability to trust podcasters, the, to collaborate with people in real time, not just brands and businesses, which I've been doing my entire life, But people, you know, I'm fascinated with how people coordinate, manage the way. I love when they how they produce or pre-produce, you know, the show. Um, Sometimes I'm like, sometimes I hear in my head, I'm like, no, you don't gotta tell me. I know, I I know this X Y Z. And then, and they're like, well, our audience, we do this, and then we we. I like that there's a unique pattern, a unique way that you've tapped into creating your content. More brands need to be aware of that. That that. We may be using the similar tools, we may be posting on similar platforms, but our creative process is completely different. I know that because I met with hundreds of production companies in TV, so I know now if you sit down and ask any ten of them how they're making money in content, they would all answer it very differently. So, some are focused on licensing, some are original sales, some are focused on sales internationally. So they have rights to formats and then bringing them global. You know, like, there's lots of different ways that these 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 people can. They've realized that they can they can make money and in their own strength. And what I think I'm doing right now is is first and foremost meeting as many podcasters as I can. I love people who identify as podcasters. It's it's a lot of (laughs) self-work this is not this is not easy like I I now realize why celebrities only do sit down sit down uh, conversations after one movie because it's really hard to show up as your true authentic self and make impact if you if you haven't done the work um if you're so focused on the tactics and you're not you're not focused on like what what you truly are trying to you know that's where guesting becomes really hard. For me, I think I'm loving it because I've done so much work, not just on myself, but on so many other people and, and, the, and their journey that inspired me. And I, I know that no two people create the podcast the same, the same way no two people listen to podcasts, you know, one ear at the other, the dog on one hand, going to the gym, cleaning, you know, all, the, all the things we do, the distractions we put in front of us, listening to podcasts at 2x, two, two speed you know all the things that we do to to distract us Um, you know
0: i i think that's a great point You, you you mentioned kind of doing the work to really define what your true self is. And that's something I find that I frequently have to do when I engage with a new business owner. And they say, you know, Doug, we're kind of stuck at this level. I want to move to the next level. What do I need to do? And we start talking. And I like to always have a discussion early on is tell me about your business, not what it is you're doing right now, but what's your real vision? What's the purpose behind it? What's the What was the driver? Why did you create it? Where do you want to take it? Where do you think you're going to go with it? And not everybody can answer that question. Yeah, They kind of, they got an idea and they got really busy and they thought, well, I can make some money and I can have a, a, a freer lifestyle from having to work for the man, you know, but they haven't really taken it to that next level of focus. So my guess would be, I'm just projecting if they were invited on that day to be on a podcast, they wouldn't have anything to bring. It was like, well, I do own this company and here's what we're trying to do. But that's the end of the story.
1: Yeah. And then, and then that person ends up only answering, only giving answers to the questions that were asked instead of leading with the thought. You can ask me any question in the world. And if I want to talk about discoverability, I will make sure the answer lands on discoverability. <laughs> because that's my goal. My the whole goal is out here. To, the last thing anyone wants from me is to hear my story. I think we love being finding relations and being relatable to each other. But that's different than hearing my story. I'm happy to go into my story um, when the time is right and when when I'm not, (laughs) but it's also a dark place. You know, you don't don't get these superheroes skills from uh, everything working out in childhood, let's put it that way. But I think that I love knowing that everyone listening to this podcast can absolutely relate to that, right? That we created super skills at some point earlier in our life. Do i have to go into all the nitty-gritty of how yeah sometimes I, sometimes i appreciate going in there when, when the timing is right but i don't need to go there for the sake of entertainment i feel like in podcasting sometimes questions are asked for the sake of entertainment or f- filling a 45 minute window when or, or you know trying to make uh, trying to meet the minimum requirement instead of trying to make the maximum impact You know, they're, they're more concerned about getting an episode out for the sake of getting advertising than making sure that the episode that goes out is the one that's going to impact the community and change add vocabulary in a way that isn't. And that's what you were sort of saying earlier. Um, when you sit down with an, when it, with a new company, you know, most of the time, and I agree, I I've been in this situation that you have most of the times they know they want new words, but they also do not, they are not capable of finding them. They do not know what they do not know, but they know that they, that, that they don't know something. Um, I I was brought in to work with Peter Thomas Roth, uh, a skincare company, which is not necessarily I doesn't ident- identify as a, a creative company, but because now they have to put out so much social media and content that there's probably more creative people at that company than scientists that are actually doing the formula. And I'll never forget the first time I sat down in between, you know, this sort of. This is normally how it happens there I am in between ad- advertising ad sales advertising and marketing and both both departments pointing the finger at, at each other right and I realized the words that they're the Kp you know they're so stuck on kpis that they're not and and they've got and each of them has five different goals that this one piece of content is supposed to perform and I come in with uh, emotional words you know I'm am I'm a, I'm a share isn't I don't care how many shares who how many people look at this post and if this reminds them of an X? X relationships, relationships that we've made a conscious decision of leaving, acknowledging, but leaving, that's an important device. And you'll notice this in a lot of stories, that it's important to let go of something. If it comes back, it's meant to be. If it doesn't come back, you know? So, so what are we doing? To share, to tap into—it's so weird to say this—the the ex-boyfriend factor, the ex-girlfriend factor. Why would you post? Here's here's where I'm going. As a, as a, uh, an. Um an accountant might say something you know have, have a post and for whatever reason it it's it, something about it is about a really some type of relation maybe we can relate to it because we've been in a relationship maybe it's like our mom maybe it's an existing relationship it's just something that we have in in mind that's not tangible that's not based on conversion that's not based on our product right it's an it's an energy it's an emotion and that's sometimes more important especially up top at the top of the funnel when we're talking about discoverability and visibility, not not necessarily conversions at the point there, but I'm I'm happy up top to add words to that to that process so that it's it's stickier. It's a stickier process all the way down that funnel. The last thing I want to do is add words when I think you're about to convert, because that's just gonna confuse you and that's you know, that's gonna Brian, that's gonna Brian, not Brian. help the situation. Yeah. I, I think yeah. personally.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you what Vinny right now we're kind of up on time here as far as uh where I like to normally put a commercial word in the show here but I want to do something a little different this is very impromptu we kind of did it when we were teeing up to get started you and I share a, an interesting story we're part of a network called Podmatch yep. and we're we're talking a lot about podcasting and uh you want to show your book I'm going to show mine here and The guys at Podmatch, the the founder and his wife, Alex Sanfilippo, and his wife, Alicia, with the help of a guy named uh, Mike Capuzzi, have put together these books. You see, one says Host Mastery, the other says Guest Mastery. What it is, is there's 16 stories in each book of people that are part of the PodMatch community. And we've come together and told our stories, either from the host perspective or the guest perspective. And we've we put this together so that if you're hearing a message like this and you're still scratching your head going, oh goodness, what would that take to get involved in podcasting? These are two awesome books that... Easy reads, it's not highly academic, it's sharp, it's smart, but it's not over the top academic or systemic. Uh, they're both available now on Amazon. Hop over there, uh, grab the book. It's called Podmatch Host Mastery or Guest Mastery. You can get either one of them and uh, you'll really get some great insights from people who have uh, climbed the mountain, done the battle and done the work and figured it out. And I am putting a plug in for Alex and what he's done with the podmatch.com network. It's a great community. We've got awesome connections we can make. I met Vinny through the Podmatch platform. It's it's like an Uber dating service for Uber, not the car lift, but as in <laughs> Uber, super, the original meaning of Uber. Over the top, uh, great community of people. Uh, talent. I like your word. Yeah. Talent that can come together, tell some great stories and put on some great shows. So, um, hop it's over cool. there and check it out take it's it the away. power of people. I,
1: I have to tell you, I, I did not understand the value in being a guest until I got to show up and specifically did it with this pod match community. Um, there's something about, the mentality of people who are in this community that are my people i don't know they after I, it's, you know sometimes you get really sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's not your fault if you have bad answers if the questions suck to be honest they're <laughs> mindful questions there's a real community and where a lot of numb numbing conversations can be happening out there i find that the people that are connected to podmatch are business owners First and foremost, so I like that. This is not a, this is not just a creative community of people who just want a creative project out there. These are people who are creating creative projects so that it can sustain their businesses, and that's that's something that I get excited about. Because that's why I did reality TV in the late '90s. It got a little weird afterward. But I'm not going to point fingers anywhere, but I'm back, and I'm back with the creators behind pod- podcasts because I really truly believe I always have believed in the power of SMB owners, the, the power of the solopreneur who can change the world. I've seen it. I've seen it with Jessica Simpson, Sharon Osbourne, Ashton Co- I've seen it with these people. I know that we can do that too. And I hope that uh, the, the way that I got to rub shoulders I mean, through the hallways of MTV, Podmax is literally my MTV. And it feels like it's a magnet for the right type of podcaster for, for me to be connected to. And I really, uh, it's a, it, in a day and age where this is all about trust and trust in people who you meet really matters, where you meet them really matters, what their goals, all that matters so much. And I'm finding a lot of like-mindedness in PodMatch.
0: Yeah, I agree totally. It's it's a great community. Uh, I've had some, again, some wonderful experiences and we're coming up on the show 100 for, for this yeah. year for me and uh, leadership powered by common sense. So it's... Um, uh you know it is receiving great reviews and feedback from people i continue to ask folks to give us feedback and say you know tell me if there's another topic you want to get into and, uh, I know I'll find somebody on Podmatch; They can knock it out of the park if, <laughs> if, if, we need to. So, um, all right, we'll try to get back to the show here. That was my, uh, very organic, uh, yeah, like plug it. in the middle of the show there. <laughs> so there won't be any editing required on that stuff on that little time <laughs> slice. But, uh, um, I, I, I want to wrap up one thing, and then we are going to bring this whole thing to a close. If, um, somebody well let me start with it tell us a little more about your business specifically if somebody is intrigued by some of what you've been sharing how can they best get a hold of you is there any kind of preparatory work or survey or tools that they can dive into or yeah talk to you first
1: yeah uh yeah to be really honest no i don't put any any type of quiz or anything out there um I guess I could say maybe I should, but I gotta be honest, I, I haven't needed to. In 25 years, I've never, maybe I used to have casting forms, to be honest, but I'm a really strong judge of character. And I asked to have a relationship with people prior to when you need a decision made. So often I get brought in because a contract is on opportunities on the table. Something's about to happen. You wanna know what's the best way to lean into this opportunity. So I'm often brought in prior, prior to that moment. Um, I work one-on-one with a couple of people. Uh, I work really, really well with founder-led businesses. I'm really passionate about founder-led businesses. People who put their money where their mouth is and they put their face where their audience is and they put their voice where their mom can hear. You know, everything about a founder-led business is uh, I I so subscribe to. Um, And it's, it's not to say anything bad about gigantic brands. I certainly have worked with and will continue to work with them, mostly because of reach and power. To be honest, and, and until I can tap into the people behind that brand and then you know me, I'm gonna I'm get I'm gonna get a version of those people out there as quickly as possible. Um, and I, I, I do have a website vpe.tv where I have a free inner circle. Um, so come in and get your uh, hundred awards worthy of winning. 60 platforms that pay podcasters, 50 podcast platforms, I think you should be on in the year 2023, just based on what I'm seeing in growth. And this is um, this is sort of an amalgamation in, in, in my way of rounding up all the information that I've collected from the hundred plus um, podcast guests that I've gotten to do, to be honest, as courtesy of PodMatch. <laughs> um, who should be our sponsor for this episode by the way I, really. I have to say i'm happy to pay the fees that i pay to be on pod and i don't get anything that no I, there's no i get no special treatment um i i think i pay 40 something dollars a month to get access to eight invitations to a podcaster per day i don't know about you but less than 50 bucks a month for me to meet what's 30 times 8 240 people Quali- potentially qualified podcasters, and I probably close about a hundred of them a month and then secure them over the next few weeks. I can't tell you how valuable that is for me, the investment that it is for me. And again, I have a long-term investment and goal to be in podcasting. Um, uh, and I think that that's why I can lean into it, but I also know the power of media. I saw what unscripted programming did for brands that were millions of dollars that, were now, that are now billions of dollars and I've seen it and I and I'm gonna do it again. And this time, when I wave that magic ra- that magic wand around, maybe I might even do it for myself. Because I did I didn't do it for myself the first time around in TV. I was terrified of what what would come with fame and and I was not clear on my universal message. There was no clarity in what I was trying to do. And now that I think that I'm laser focused, now that I truly believe that I can help people become more discoverable to get discovered consistently and and i'm doing the work to test it that's the fun part now is like i haven't just proved that i can do it now i'm testing it now i'm, I'm literally trying to do to undo all of my work 25 years of work is now now i realize why i love podcasting so much is like the challenge for me to undo what i've done i can't it's so cool i never thought that it would be that crystal clear um, how to help people get discovered without needing more visibility again because that to me was exhausting more talking, more looking, more presence, more energy. How how about you tell me how to take that appearance and do more with it? Tell me how to take that appearance and turn it into a photo and a blog post and a carousel post. And you tell me how to turn it into a, a thread conversation on Twitter. And now I'm equipped to have that conversation. Those little tiny things are what make us a lot easier to be discovered, because those are the things people share in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Vinny, this has been great. I really appreciate you being on. And uh, uh, thank you for your energy and your excitement and motivation. And uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at, I, I'll be real transparent. I'm looking at my calendar for the rest of the day. And I'm going, I wish I didn't have to do this. I, I want to dive in and do some of these other things that we've yeah. talked about here. But uh, but I say that facetiously because I've got two more great guests queued up and I'm it, it, Tuesday this day is my recording day in the studio. So I've got a couple more shows to do, but uh, thank you for being on and, and being a part of the, my community here and yeah. uh, um, really uh, has been a pleasure. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: I see why you were chosen and why you stepped up to write, you know, host mastery. So thank you for creating the space where I can just in some weird way, be unapologetically in myself, but also, like enable, out, enable the inner version of me to inspire the energy out there. So I appreciate the nod to the energy. I know that, <laughs> I know that uh, with high dose, you know, small doses, high, high vibes, uh, that being said, get, get them, go out there and get them, get discovered. Don't let other people make these choices for you. Take control over your destiny, take control over who and how and when you get discovered. You have a lot more say in it than, than you think you do.
0: Well, I, that reminds me of a, a of a teaching, and a lot of us coaches use it, and business advisors, and I don't remember even who said it first, but the idea is if, if you've got a business and you're trying to make your way, don't copy anybody, just be your real self. The, the world only has one of you, and let us know who you are and what you want to do the the more you do to try to emulate or copy or replicate somebody you know they might be wildly successful and that's wonderful you can share a few ideas but don't let them replace who you really are you you can learn you can leverage you can experience but don't let that change who you really are yeah. And I think that's my big uh, message for today. And with that, we're going to bring it to a close. I'm going to say thank you, everybody, for listening in and being a part of this show. And I do want to remind you, if you're listening on an audio stream, we do have this show over on video on YouTube, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. We'd love to see you there. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. Subscribe if you want. You'll get notices about upcoming episodes. But for now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, and thank you very much. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.